Where in the world is Ronaldus Magnus today on The Grid? The Grid, a digital frontier of freedom. It's our platform where we talk about faith, politics, and commerce, where we analyze current events from biblical and common sense perspectives. I'm so glad you knocked. The door is open and we have answered. Come on in and welcome to The Grid. Welcome, family, friends, neighbors, believers, patriots alike. I'm Chris Coleman. I'm today's host of The Grid, our flagship podcast production of the Kingdom Patriot Group. As we celebrate a hundred episodes of The Grid, we thought we would highlight a leader who is very well respected, greatly admired, and has tremendous impact on the conservative movement, and really, I would say, patriotism in our country. And in fact, was in many ways the inspiration behind faith, politics, and commerce that we discuss on a weekly basis. But before we meet this leader, which is the subject of today's focus, let's do a quick recap of our news in review. All right. In this week's news, we have quite a bit of information uh, or stories, as we always do. If, when we look at Kevin McCarthy, you know, he stepped down and Mike Johnson is uh, stepped in his place and has been really any pretty much extraordinary in, in his role, I should say. Mike Johnson is releasing uh, an additional 40,000 hours of January 6th tapes. And already the people have viewed this as this is information that tells an entirely different, different narrative of what happened during those so-called riots and insurrection. And in fact, in many ways show that the vast majority of what occurred was nothing that more than peaceful gatherings, which by the way is corroborated by our own folks that we've talked about who are boots on the ground. And that would be Clay and Elliot, folks who were there on that day and who could speak to that. And so we know that it's not what it was portrayed to be, but Johnson's getting a big win with some of the, I would say the stronger conservatives because that's something that, that they really wanted to see. And I'm glad they are, they're getting to the truth. Um, also, with Kevin McCarthy being removed and Johnson now in this space, what I'm hearing, especially when you read some of McCarthy's uh, comments, is that the facts about Biden's business dealings are much more nefarious than even we're hearing in the current media, even in conservative media, and that this likely is leading towards an impeachment, which I think, uh, it, number one, is the right thing. There's no question that's what being what's being done here. Um, it is illegal. There's just not. It's just, you know, when you have a sitting president and you impeach something like this, you would think it would be a, a high bar and difficult to do. Unless, of course, you're the Democrats. And with um, with Trump, you know, you pretty much impeach, uh, impeach him if he sneezes. So cer certainly that's one thing. Also in the news, Biden's poll numbers continue to tank. And that, that unfortunate for him, but that's because he's barely alive. We know this. When you see him, the the thing that comes to mind is, is this guy even breathing? I mean, I cannot even tell if he can fog a window. Well, of course, his poll number is going to be bad, but that's not really the question. The question is, are the Democrats, A, going to nominate him, and B, are they going to be able to keep him under wraps during another election cycle? They were successful in 2020. I'm not sure they'll be able to do it again. Also in crazy Second Amendment right to bear arms cultural nonsense news, where do we go? As always, we go to California. And there was a man recently in Los Angeles who had a concealing carry permit 
uh, for a firearm, which by the way, is incredibly difficult to get in California or Los Angeles. Well, he came home from work one day and several armed assailants tried to force their way into his house as he was getting out of the car. And he opened fire on them to protect his wife and his young child. Now, as it would have it, of course, the most important thing to do, the thing that you would expect to happen is that California would go to that man who had the firearm and they would strip him of his concealed carry permit. Yep, you heard that correctly. The person defending his family, at least at some level, is now being punished. And in political and personal news, uh, President Jimmy Carter's wife, Rosalind Carter, did pass away. We were set to report here on the News and Review that she'd been moved to hospice, but before we could even record this, she has now passed away. And we certainly... Uh, that that's certainly sad to hear when you've had a lifelong partner. And, you know, you can say a lot about Jimmy Carter um, seems to be a very upright man. And I, I agree with his family and, you know, our, our prayers are, are with him. That being said, he was um, he is, I should say, probably the second worst president in the history of our country. He's actually held the distinction as the worst for most of most of our, our country's history until until 2020 when Biden was elected. And now um, everyone else is competing for second place in the worst president in American history because uh, Biden absolutely owns that space now. And there's all kinds of other news. You hear that Biden's campaign is thinking about using TikTok, which I think is hilarious and all of their decry of how bad TikTok is, which by the way, it is. But I've never met a liberal Democrat who viewed life, viewed politics is that means justify, or I should say the ends justify all means. I would expect nothing different. Also, keep reading that Biden's digital dollar as he's moved to this digital currency backed by the federal government, what that's going to look like in the future. And it is going to be horrible for our economy. And really, it's going to bring about control. We'll talk about that in next week's podcast when we talk about the fourth branch of government. But the idea of control is behind the digital currency for sure. And Americans aren't, Americans aren't buying this. They understand that the Biden economy, that the things he's put in place, horrible. That the infrastructure he's put in place is horrible. In fact, I was talking to somebody about the other day just about how, how the dominoes work in, in the world of business when you see government policy have the economic impact of whack-a-mole. That they never really solve an issue. They only rearrange it. Uh, Reagan used to say that. I just absolutely love that. The government never solves problems. They, all they do is rearrange them. Even longtime Democratic supporters and strategists are recognizing the the crisis in this election cycle that's about to again. David Axelrod says that Biden's chances in 2024 at best are 50-50. And that says a lot because uh, he he's, he's certainly optimistic um, about everything. And so for him to say that about Biden's chances, I think says a lot about just how far this administration has fallen. And if all that isn't bad enough, with Joe Biden just recently turning 81, the polls are showing that young voters are leaving him. He can't connect with young. I mean, he can't connect with anybody. Let's be real. And then you add to that to Joe Manchin, it clearly looks like he's making a, a run for a third party. Um, to be a third party nominee, as he said, I'm trying to run from the radical middle, which really he should say I'm running from the radical left, because that is really I remember Elon Musk said this. He said, I used to be a Democrat. Now I'm a Republican. And it's not because I've shifted my views. It's because the Democratic Party shifted their views. 
So the, I didn't run from them. They ran from me. And he showed this little graphic about how he stayed still, but the Democratic Party moved even farther uh, to the left. And, you know, it, it it is true. So there's a mess on the hands for this administration. Never put a pass past the Democrats to be able to pull something nefarious. Uh, and, you know, maybe there's another pandemic on the, on, on the horizon. I have no idea. But the only reason that Biden is president in 2020 is because of COVID, pure and simple. So if it worked once and it wasn't necessarily planned, maybe it was, um, you bet your bottom dollar that something is being planned for this current election cycle. Folks, for this week's News and Review, that's a wrap. When I grow up, I want to work for a woke company, like super woke. When I grow up, when I grow up, I want to be hired based on what I look like rather than my skills. I want to be judged by my political beliefs. I want to get promoted based on my chromosomes. When I grow up, I want to be offended by my coworkers and walk around the office on eggshells and have my words policed by HR. Words like grandfather, peanut gallery, long time no see, no can do. When I grow up, I want to be obsessed with emotional safety and do workplace sensitivity training all day long. When I grow up, I want to climb the corporate ladder just by following the crowd. I want to be a conformist. I want to weaponize my pronouns. What are pronouns? It's time to grow up and get back to work. Introducing the number one woke-free job board in America, redballoon.work. All right, to today's topic, or should I say to today's person. Who in the world is Ronaldus Magnus? Well, that nickname was given to President Ronald Reagan by Rush Limbaugh. And the whole idea is that name was meant to embody greatness. Magnus being like magnificent or something of that type of mindset. Believe it or not, Reagan was also known as Dutch because when he was born, his father remarked that he looked like a fat little Dutchman. And then in his early childhood, he had haircuts that looked that way. And that just kind of strengthened that moniker. Did you also know that he uh, had the nickname The Gipper? And one of my favorites was The Great Communicator. And so why all of this? Because today is a show about celebrations. We're celebrating our 100th episode, and there's no better way to have that conversation to reminisce of better times, a better president, and certainly better situations around the world. Ronald Reagan was one of the only presidents in my lifetime in which I actually felt proud of being an American and not ashamed because of my love of country, or maybe not ashamed, but having to hide for the love of my country. So why was Ronald Reagan called the Gipper? Well, the phrase win one for the Gipper was actually used as a political slogan by Ronald Reagan, but it really related to the fact that he had played the role of George Gipp in Newt Rockney, All-American. So Newt Rockney was the head football coach of Notre Dame, very, very famous. And uh, so that's kind of how that came, run one for the Gipper, because Reagan played that role. And I think that's great. But again, one of my favorite descriptors of Reagan is the great communicator. He had such an ability to connect with Americans. And when you listen to him, you really felt his sincerity. He was also pretty real, which I imagine contributed to this. He had no qualms about poking fun at himself and others. And he loved to joke about the government and others as well. So someone in this audience, if, if you're my age, will remember back in the 80s, Reagan was running for a second term against Walter Mondale. Reagan's, is, uh, Reagan's age had come up as an issue in the campaign. 
And so Reagan took that and turned it around. And in one debate, Reagan opened with one of his greatest lines ever. Not at all, Mr. Truett, and I, and I want you to know that also I will not make age an issue of this campaign. I am not going to exploit for political purposes my opponent's youth and inexperience. <laughs> And Mondale later said it was in that moment he realized he would lose the election because he knew Reagan just connected with people. Just just hilarious. And if you could find just one uh, single Reagan quote to, that is enduring for today, I would pull it out. The problem is I can't. There's too many. So I that's actually part of our subject today, or I should say part of our topic today, is we're going to go through some of the most famous Reagan quotes you're going to laugh at some, but in some of these, you're going to say, see the most profound wisdom in some of what he said. Folks, we're talking nearly 40 years ago, 35 to 40 years ago. So when you think about that, some of this wisdom is just enduring. So with that, let's just jump into these. And these are some of my favorites. There are more than this, but I just love these. Government exists to protect us from each other. Where government has gone beyond its limits is deciding to protect us from ourselves. So true. I've noticed that everyone who is for abortion has already been born. Yeah, that's good. Freedom is never one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on to them for the same. Or one day will we spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it was once like in the United States where men were free. He also said this, if we ever forget that we're one nation under God, we will be one nation gone under. Does it feel like that today? And how about this? Within the covers of the Bible are the answers for all the problems that men face. Totally agree. How about this? As government expands, liberty contracts. Simple statement, very true. The most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. So this one also, this one is hilarious about communism. How do you tell a communist? Well, it's someone who reads Marx and Lenin. How do you identify an anti-communist? It's someone who understands Marx and Lenin. That's <laughs> so true. Live simply, love generously, care deeply, speak kindly, and leave the rest to God. Man, if we would live like that. Republicans believe that every day is the 4th of July. Democrats believe every day is April the 15th. Again, these are just hilarious. We must reject the idea that every time a law is broken, society is guilty rather than the lawbreaker. It is time to restore the American precept that each individual is accountable for his actions. Oh, my word. That is so true. And with all the debates about the border, he said this back in the 80s, a nation that cannot control its borders is not a nation. Very true. Status quo, you know, is Latin for the mess that we're in. He said this about the government. The government's view of the economy can be summed up in a few short phrases. If it moves, tax it. If it keeps moving, regulate it. If it stops moving, subsidize it. Uh, that's just great. Some people spend an entire lifetime wondering if they made a difference in the world, but the Marines don't have that problem. In fact, I was in the airport yesterday and I saw a shirt that an individual was wearing that says, they say that whatever uh, doesn't kill you will make you stronger unless it's the Marines. If they kill you, you're definitely dead. I, I, I just I had to share that. I love that. Um, 
and this may be one of my all-time favorites, it's not so much that our liberals are ignorant. It's just that they know so many things of things that just aren't so. That is hilarious. Freedom prospers when religion is vibrant and the rule of law under God is acknowledged. That recession is when your neighbor loses his job. Depression is when you lose yours. And recovery is when Jimmy Carter loses his. What a great campaign slogan. Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. When you can't make them see the light, then make them feel the heat. That would be a foreign policy statement. Of the four wars in my lifetime, none came about because the U.S. was too strong. To sit back hoping that someday, someone, some way will make things right is like to go on feeding the crocodile, hoping it will eat you last, but eat you, it will. I've often wondered at times what the Ten Commandments would have looked like if Moses had run them through the U.S. Congress first. That, that's hilarious. Socialism only works in two places, heaven, where they don't need it, and hell, where they already have it. Thomas Jefferson once said, we should never judge a president by his age, only by his works. And ever since he told me that, I just stopped worrying. <laughs> that, is, that is just hilarious. Government never ever voluntarily reduces itself in size. Government programs once launched never disappear. Actually, a government bureau is the nearest thing to eternal eternity on life that we'll ever see here. Government is like a baby, an elementary canal with a big appetite at one end and no sense of responsibility on the other end. Yeah, that is, that is so true. If more government is the answer, then it was a stupid question. Government always finds a need for whatever money it gets. <laughs> That's, that is true. Our government needs the church because only those humble enough to admit they're sinners can bring democracy the tolerance it requires to survive. Wow, there is such wisdom there. Freedom prospers when religion is vibrant and the rule of law under God is acknowledged. When our founding fathers passed the First Amendment, they sought to protect churches from government interference. They never intended to construct a wall of hostility between government and the concept of religious belief itself. To those who cite the First Amendment as a reason for excluding God from more and more of our institutions every day, I say this. The First Amendment of the Constitution was not written to protect the people of this country from religious values. It was written to protect religious values from government tyranny. Love it. I didn't leave the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party left me. While I take inspiration from the past, like most Americans, I live for the future. Concentrated power has always been the enemy of liberty. And this was a good one. He was always good in press conferences. Before I refuse to take your questions, I have an opening statement. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. Government does not really solve problems. They just tend to rearrange them. I'm no linguist, but I've been told that in the Russian language, there's not even a word for freedom. As far as welfare, now Reagan always was pushing, pushing back um, just on government assistance. He says, welfare's purpose should be to eliminate as far as possible the need for its own existence. In fact, he also said, we, we engaged in a war on poverty and poverty won. Here's my strategy on the Cold War. We win, they lose. <laughs> I love that. I do not want to go back to the past. Now, this is something that's really important because often conservatives get accused of, you just want to go back to slavery when we say we're missing Judeo-Christian values and, and so forth. Reagan really hit this. I've never seen it articulated this, but great. I do not want to go back to the past. I want to go back to the past way of facing the future. So good. 
The frustrating thing is that those who are attacking religion claim they are doing in the name of tolerance, freedom, and open-mindedness. But I have a question. Isn't the real truth that they are intolerant of religion? They refuse to tolerate its importance in our lives? Very, very true. Trust but verify. Love that one as well. If you serve a child a rotten hamburger in America, the federal, state, and local agencies will investigate you, summon you, prosecute you, close you down, and whatever they can to eliminate you. But if you provide a child with a rotten education, nothing happens, except that you're liable to be given more money to do it with. Well, we've discovered that money alone isn't the answer. So, so true. People don't start wars. Governments do. Reagan said this, there are advantages to being elected president. For example, the day after I was elected, my high school grades got classified as top secret. The gun has been called the great equalizer, meaning that a small person with a gun is equal to a large person. But it is a great equalizer in another way, too. It ensures that the people are the equal of their government whenever that government forgets that it is servant and not master of the governed. When the British forgot that, they got a revolution. And as a result, we Americans got a constitution, a constitution that, as those who wrote it were determined, would keep men free. If we give up part of the constitution, we give up part of our freedom and increase the chance that we will lose it all. I'm not ready to take that risk. I believe that the right of the citizen to keep and bear arms must not be infringed if Liberty America is to survive. Wow, that is fantastic. Evil is powerless if the good are unafraid. Ooh, lack of fear, evil has no power. Why should we subsidize intellectual curiosity? That is so good. I'll let you figure out how that applies. Um, and this Reagan actually said he was doing a, a test on a microphone or whatever, but oh my goodness, if people had actually heard this, he said, my fellow Americans, I'm pleased to tell you, I just signed legislation, which outlaws Russia forever. The bombing begins in five minutes. <laughs> wow. There is no humanity or charity in destroying self-reliance, dignity, and self-respect. That is so true. Reagan said, I was not a great communicator, but I did communicate great things. I would just differ uh, with you, Mr. Reagan. Uh, you were a great communicator and you communicated great things. Boy, this is applicable today. Inflation is violent as a mugger, as frightening as the armed robber, and as deadly as a hitman. Yep, that's true. He said this about Russia. For more than five years, I have made little progress with my efforts at quiet diplomacy. For one thing, the Soviet leaders keep dying on me. <laughs> that is so true. Why? Because of the tyranny they have within their government. You just have to love Reagan. So funny, so steadfast. And I read a story one time that someone uh, was describing Reagan because he was asked, what's it like to work with him behind the scenes in the White House? And this insider, insider said something like this. I'm paraphrasing, but he was... You know, he's fun to work with. He's got a soft belly, but be careful if you hit him. If you hit him too hard, you're going to hit a spine of steel. Soft on the outside, resolute and steadfast on the inside. That is President Ronald Reagan. During his eight years as president, the U.S. saw unprecedented recovery from horrible inflation. The Berlin Wall came down, the collapse of the Soviet Union. He was a freedom-loving, patriotic American who believed in the power of the human spirit. That's why he made you feel good to be an American. Not, not a perfect country, but he made you feel proud to be part of a great ideal. When is the last time that you felt that way? When is the last time you saw in our society and our culture actually felt that way? You know, I can't help but note that Benjamin Netanyahu is similar for Israel. Oh, how I long the days for honest, 
strong, compassionate, freedom-loving, Bible-believing leaders who would occupy this White House. You're listening to The Grid, a podcast production of the Kingdom Patriot Group. You can find us at kingdompatriot.us. That's kingdompatriot.us. And now we're on YouTube, so be sure to hit like and follow and subscribe to keep up with the latest episodes. We'd love to hear from you. We read all your comments. Let us know if there's a subject you'd like us to address. The Grid, the intersection of faith, politics, and commerce. Mondays on your favorite podcast player. And now on YouTube. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. So as we look at and analyze Reagan, from a political perspective, he was the master. He was brilliant. He could work across the aisles. Quite frankly, he had an amazing ability to compromise, all the while moving conservatism forward, something that really lacks today. And although his presidency predated all the technology, we'd say there's no Twitter and Facebook and the prevalence of cell phones and smartphones and all that, he had still mastered his ability without all that technology to take his message directly to the people. He could move you with his words and his conviction. I imagine today, or I try to imagine, what would Reagan be like if he had Twitter and Facebook at his disposal? He might actually win 90% of the popular vote. He was just that good at connecting with people. He was a master politician, but he was so good at it because he was so genuine. He believed what he was actually saying. He wasn't sharing talking points or the latest phrase that had polled well. No, my friends, he spoke from the heart. I mean, at the end of the day, he spoke from the heart. And that's why his politics were unrivaled. Now, from a commerce perspective, the 80s were roaring. It was recovering from the failed policies and high inflation from Carter's administration. And people have bashed Reaganomics for years and trickle-down economics, but Reagan truly understood you don't borrow, regulate, and tax yourself into prosperity. It just doesn't work. It's like a list of oxymorons. No, you actually do that to your own demise. Now, people point to the excesses, how businesses got rich, et cetera. And that's true. I would submit to you that successful capitalism was never meant to operate apart from a strong moral code, our, our, really our Judeo-Christian values that our country was founded on. So I grant you that absence of that guiding light, capitalism can look ugly and greedy, but it's not the economic engine that's at fault. It's the heart of the people that's to blame. No, Reagan understood that if you remove the financial barriers and the shackles and the muzzle on businesses, that they had the power to crank the vast economic power of this country. And by doing that, we would all benefit. And he demonstrated that in his presidency. Now contrast that with the current administration and how they really view society into two groups, the haves and the have-nots. And through the power of regulation, they are committed to rectify that. They are going to use the power of the government, the power of the purse, to fix the haves and have-nots. They're going to do it through regulation, taxation, subsidization. Nope, I'll take Reagan's trickle-down economics any day, every other day of the week, twice on Sunday. Now, from a faith perspective, a lot of people don't really know that much about Reagan himself, but did you know that his favorite verse was John 3.16? Did you know that his favorite psalm, or favorite prayer, I should say, was actually a psalm? It was Psalm 106, verses 2 through 5, and this is what it says. Who can proclaim the mighty acts of the Lord or fully declare his praise? Blessed are those who act justly, 
who always do what is right. Remember me, Lord, when you show favor to your people. Come to my aid when you save them, that I may enjoy the prosperity of your chosen ones, that I may share in the joy of your nation and join the inheritance in giving praise. Wow, that is a great prayer. He was a registered Presbyterian. He openly declared that he was a born-again Christian. I truly believe that during his lifetime, the Lord used him to rescue this nation, at least for a season. He was a leader of leaders. I would follow this man into the foxhole. I really would. I had pride in my country, in my imperfect country, in a country that while it at times had had a dark past, always had a bright future because of the Lord's favor. As we wrap up today, just a special thanks again to our sponsor, Red Balloon. Andrew, we love what you're doing, and we love your commercial. Absolutely hilarious. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Grid. Be sure to visit our website at kingdompatriot.us and join the movement of faith and freedom. Make sure you tell your friends, family, and neighbors about this podcast production, The Grid. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, pretty much any other podcast platform. Give us a five-star rating so that we can expand our reach. And if you're only listening today, just again as a reminder that this is on video on YouTube. If you search The Grid, be sure to subscribe and like us there as well. Your membership is appreciated, your input is valued, and your voice is needed. I'm Chris Coleman, and I am a Kingdom Patriot.